The Gospel reading for today comes from the third chapter of John, beginning at the first verse. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to, to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you, dear siblings in Christ. Amen. When I was growing up, my family moved at least five times to five different states because my dad was in sales. We finally came home to Minnesota in the middle of seventh grade. And as you can imagine, that was a rough time for a 13-year-old to move. So I was really happy when I made a new friend named Linnell, and then she invited me to a church event. And actually, it was right over in Plymouth at Parker's Lake Baptist Church. I had a great time there, even though our family went to the Congregational Church. There were nice people, we played fun games, we sang a lot of songs, and there was good snacks. One Sunday evening, after we spent some time playing those games and eating, the youth pastor sat us down for a long, serious talk. At the end of the talk, he asked us to close our eyes 
And then he said, if we wanted to learn more about Jesus and how Jesus loved us, we should raise our hands. Since the eyes were closed and no one could see, I did. Little did I know that after the meeting then, I was invited with my friend to come and chat with him. I really don't remember much about what was said, except I heard something about God's love. It was a nice chat. We said a prayer. And as we drove home, my friend's mom said she was glad that now I was saved. I was saved. Those words made no sense to me. And as I look back, I'm sure it was considered a born-again experience for it was a Baptist church, but I didn't feel or think any differently. What I did feel, though, after being part of that church group, was that there were a group of people that cared about me and that I was loved. And that was so helpful to a 13-year-old girl, new to high school, or junior high, I think it was, who was shy. I was taller than all the boys, and I just wanted to fit in. I was searching for some encouragement, for some friends, and coming to church made a difference in my life because I felt some love. Today, we hear about a man in Jesus' day who is also looking for some encouragement, for some direction, for something that he doesn't quite know what from Jesus. Nicodemus is a Jewish Pharisee who has heard about Jesus and maybe been in the crowd and heard him speak and teach. And he is curious. He didn't have to raise his hand to talk to Jesus. But he does decide to visit him during the night. When the light is shadowy and when it's hard to see clearly. And I often imagine that when Nicodemus goes to see Jesus, there's just one of those partial moons that's behind some clouds. And so the light is sort of reflecting and shimmering and shadowy. Nicodemus visits Jesus under the cover of night. And he also probably was afraid. You see, for a Jewish Pharisee to go and visit this heretic teacher, that would be blasphemy. Approaching Jesus might indicate he doubted his beliefs, that he had questions. Yet he goes. He is curious enough and respectful enough of Jesus to visit with him. It goes like this. Nicodemus begins by saying, we know you're a teacher coming from God. Nicodemus affirms Jesus's authority. And Jesus responds by saying, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Born from above, that's how Bob read the translation this morning, but actually the word in Greek can mean born again. So born again or born from above, Nicodemus goes with this born again idea, and he says, how can I get back in the womb? Hmm. I, I think of my grandson, 
I have a four-year-old grandson and a five-month-old granddaughter. And when my daughter was pregnant, they talked about the baby in the tummy, of course. And that was really fun for a while. And now when I go over to play with him, sometimes he takes a stuffed animal and he stuffs it under his shirt and he says, Grandma, do you want to play baby in the tummy? We giggle and we laugh, and I, I think that that's how Nicodemus was thinking with sort of the mind of a four-year-old. You have to do something by getting back in the womb because he just can't comprehend what it means to be born from above. So Jesus elaborates, and he says, to enter the kingdom, you must be born of water and spirit. Water and spirit. Water, an element of the earth. Water that cleanses and washes away and that also gives life and is necessary for life. Water, we think what? A baptism. But water and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Jesus promised to send, the Spirit we celebrated on Pentecost last week, Jesus says, you need to be born of water and spirit. And Nicodemus fails to comprehend. How can this be, he says. I think we can all relate to Nicodemus' questions. I think we can all remember a time when we didn't fully understand what the Bible might have said, what we think Jesus might have said. Sometimes God's being and God's love seems cloudy and shadowy and hard to see. In fact, the Bible is filled with people who find God in hard-to-see places. Remember from the book of Genesis, Moses? Where does he meet God? On top of Mount Sinai in a dense cloud where he can barely see him. And Jacob, Jacob is the one with Jacob's ladder. And where does God show up for Jacob? Twice at night in Jacob's dreams. God shows up for Joseph, the father of Jesus, in a dream. And then I think of Peter, James, and John, the three disciples. Do you remember how they went up on a mountain with Jesus? And there was a cloud, and a voice from God says, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him in a shadowy cloud. We often think that if it's dark or shadowy or hard to see, that God is not there. But friends, I invite you to consider this from Barbara Brown Taylor. Actually, she says, God dwells in deep darkness. When we cannot see, when we believe we are lost, the exact opposite of being lost in the darkness may be true. A dark cloud of unknowing may be exactly where we meet God. Our world is currently coming through some difficult, challenging, shadowy, and uncertain times. And we have definitely felt moments of wondering if God is there. But God is present 
fully and deeply in those shadowy moments. Joyce Rupp says, sometimes we are guarded to dark places like a cave so we can settle and listen and let God speak to us without distractions in the coolness of our hearts. <clears throat> As a 13-year-old, I was lonely and lost, and I showed up in a church basement seeking help. A Jewish Pharisee who hears the gospel and doesn't quite understand it is Nicodemus showing up in the night to visit Jesus. And in that shadowy place, Jesus declares these words that so many of us know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, the love that guides and affirms, that comforts and is with us. These words of affirmation delivered in shadowy darkness. For God's love and unending presence is given to each of us in the midst of a shadowy world. Nicodemus leaves the conversation with Jesus, and we're not really sure what happens next. Many theologians and scholars wonder, did he ever come to a full understanding of Jesus' offer of this eternal life and love? What happened? Nicodemus does show up one more time in the Bible. It is when Jesus is crucified and he helps with the burial. That gives us a hint that perhaps he became a follower. But despite that, in general, biblical scholars believe he returned to his Pharisee community and didn't join the people of Jesus. There is a group that believes that the opposite is true of Nicodemus. They believe he did become a follower of Jesus and that his encounter at night is a statement of God's power to meet us in darkness. In 1877, in the northwest corner of Kansas, a town was established offering good land and water to freed slaves. Remember, the Civil War ended in 1865. It was, the, the town's establishment was advertised, and I'm going to quote this, to the colored citizens of the United States, end quote. Hundreds came to settle. And these freed slaves, as I read about them, I learned they felt a deep connection to the Exodus story of the freed slaves. And they had a deep faith. But there was a root of this deep faith so let me tell you a little bit more about, about these slaves. You see, the slave masters prevented them from learning to read, prevented them from having access to the Bible, and in some places, actually, it was illegal if you were an African-American slave to learn how to read. 
Slave masters were afraid that the slaves would learn about passages in the Bible that affirmed the unfairness of slavery. But in spite of this, and through the work of missionaries, a black church was established throughout slave communities. And I'm not doing this story total justice, but from what I read, groups of slaves would meet secretly at night. And many African Americans came to learn and know about the Bible and be of deep faith and connected with the story of Nicodemus. They felt that Nicodemus's time with Jesus in the shadowy darkness was similar to how they had to meet in fear and in secret and come to talk about God's love and be given hope for a better future from their dire, dark circumstances. Nicodemus was a model of faith for his shadowy visit in fear where he learned of God's love. You can visit this town today that remembers Nicodemus's story. And there's a national park where you can learn about the freed slaves, and I think it's a story we all benefit from knowing more fully. But today, as we think about Nicodemus and his time with Jesus, I hope you will think about how it impacts your faith and how you believe in God. I think Nicodemus helps us see that God is with us in dark and difficult times and meets us in all circumstances to give life and hope. As a 13-year-old, I certainly felt that love in ways I didn't understand at the time, but now realize how God was there for me. I hope you remember the words from this passage that for God so loved the world, God so loved you and is with you when you might feel lost and alone. And I hope as you remember the story of Nicodemus this morning, you will think of our siblings who endured slavery but sought hope by gathering in darkness. And by the way, I think I forgot to tell you, that town they started in Kansas, it's named Nicodemus. Amen. Amen.